Thanks for listening to the Bluff City Apostolic Worship Center podcast. For more information about the church and our ministries, go to bluffcityawc.com. And you can follow us on Facebook by liking our Facebook page, Bluff City Apostolic Worship Center, and find us on Instagram with our Instagram handle, bluffcityawc. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated if you keep that same spirit of prayer. Again, I don't feel this to be a traditional church service here this morning. So as we progress through what the Holy Ghost wants to say to us, you have total liberty to do whatever you feel. You're not going to bother me a bit. But one thing we have to understand about God is that he is a God of structure. He's a God of order. He's a God of alignment. God harnessed the chaos and the emptiness that was in the beginning. And he brought it all into alignment. And everything that he created, he gave a purpose to it. Then he created man. And he created woman. Man represents authority. And the woman represents submission. And when the symbol of authority and the symbol of submission were in alignment, it created a pathway for God to reveal his glory to the world. There was no glory released into the world until the alignment of man and woman was entered into the equation. So God is a God of alignment. God is a God of structure. Uh, In the tabernacle, there had to be alignment. There had to be a few protocols that took place. There had to be structure and measurements for the tabernacle. And when the high priest went through all of the proper protocol and went through all of the proper steps and went beyond the veil, then there could be a release of the Shekinah glory of God in the tabernacle. So God never meant for structure to be a resistance or a restriction for him. But God meant for structure and alignment to be a pathway of release for him. So that's why a church service in North America, while we may have structure and while we may have an agenda and while we may have a plan from beginning to end, we've got to be careful to understand that that was never meant to be something that restricts God. That was meant to be something that is a pathway of release for the glory of God to enter the atmosphere. Why do you think before Paul Paul ever spoke about the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. He said, you first got to understand something about alignment and submission and church government because when there is structure and alignment and order and government in the house of God, it creates a pathway for the glory of God to be released. So can I tell you, it doesn't matter if God wants to move after the announcements or before the announcements. It doesn't matter if the one scheduled to sing a solo gets to sing their solo or doesn't get to sing their solo. Our tradition was never meant to restrict God. It was meant to be an avenue to release the power and the glory of God into the atmosphere. So with that being said, you don't have to let me get to the next best point before you let the Holy Ghost interrupt this church service. God has got to disrupt our traditionalism in the North American church and move our agenda out of the way so the glory can be released into the house of God. I'm waiting for the day for the Holy Ghost to just move before the first song is ever even sung. 
I'm wait. When I was growing up as a kid, I can remember the Holy Ghost would get to moving so strong in the prayer room that we would throw out the music, we would throw out the preaching, and the prayer room would overflow into the house of God. And we saw people filled with the Holy Ghost. We saw miracles. We saw signs. We saw wonders. We saw the alcoholic sober up. We saw the addict get delivered. We saw the prodigal restored. We saw broken families put back together. Why? Because even though we were stuck in tradition, every now and then God's got to break the tradition and say, just let me do what only I can do. I want you to know it's not our music. It's not our talent. It's not our ability that's going to bring revival to Poplar Bluff, Missouri, but it's the glory of God. It's the power of God. And if there's a drug addict that walks through the back doors, they don't care about the offering or the announcements. All they care about is if the Holy Ghost can set them free. What do you say we lift our hands and let the Holy Ghost move in this place right now? And so Peter was standing on that Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus. And on that Mount of Transfiguration, Peter looks around and he sees Elijah and he sees Moses. Now, what is significant about Elijah and Moses is in Matthew's gospel, he said the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And what is significant about John is it was John that looked at God in the flesh and said, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. So the prophets and the law led to John, and John led to Jesus. What he was saying was, is all of those things have their role and they have their season. But the ultimate goal of all of those methods is to point the world to a visitation from God. And so Peter is standing on that mountain and he looks around and he sees Elijah and he sees Moses and he sees Jesus. He sees the prophets, he sees the law, and he sees the one the prophets and the law pointed toward. And this is what Peter said. He said, it is good for us to be here. And he made a request to Jesus. And he said, let us build tabernacles, one for you, one for Elijah, and one one for Moses. He said, let us build tabernacles. Let us build buildings. Let us build monuments. One for the prophets, one for the law, and one for the one that the prophets and the law pointed toward. And Jesus never acknowledged his request. And before he could ever even answer Peter, Peter heard a voice from heaven, and he fell down on his face. And when he lifted up his face, he did not see the prophet and he did not see the law. He only saw the one the prophet and the law pointed toward. You know what Jesus was saying in that? He was saying, I'm getting ready to do something in the earth that is so great. You cannot take the traditionalism of the Old Testament tabernacle and mix it with what I am about to do in the earth. He was saying, you cannot take the mundane and mix it with the miraculous. Come on, somebody. You cannot take ritual and mix it with revival. You cannot take traditionalism and all of the agenda and the proper protocol and mix it with what I am about to do in the earth. Can I tell you what God is wanting to do in the North American church? 
And here in Poplar Bluff, Missouri, it is much bigger than a building. It is not about the four walls of a building. That's why he would not let him build tabernacles. He was trying to confine a visitation to a building. I've come to broaden the perspective of this church and let you know it is not about God filling this building. It is about God giving you a region. I'm going to plow on that until I get some help. It is not about a building. God could not care less about our buildings. He wants to give us territory. He wants to give us communities. He wants to give us roads. He wants to give us highways. He wants to give us counties. Come on, do you believe what I'm preaching in this house today? You want to know why I'm bumping up against that spirit? It's because there are too many of you in this church uh, that are just like Peter. You think it's about the building, uh, and you're satisfied with just building more buildings. uh, But I came with the spirit of Jesus on me here today to let you know, Peter, it's not about the building. uh, It's not about these four walls. uh, It's about taking territory in the spirit world. And if you're ever going to go where God wants you to go, you got to get out of your agenda mindset. you got to get out. Come on, let's worship God right here. Let's worship God right here. I came to break some stuff in this house. Peter almost missed a visitation because Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Peter almost missed a visitation because all he could focus on was the tradition of a bunch of buildings. But whenever God came in the flesh, the Bible said that he dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That word dwelt there literally means he tabernacled among us. So now Jesus came in the form of a tabernacle, not to keep man in their tradition, but to disrupt the tradition that his people were stuck in. Why do you think he healed on the Sabbath? Why do you think his disciples ate grain on the Sabbath? Because it was not about tradition. It was about a visitation that would shake the gates of hell. Can I remind you, you are a church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against but you got to get out of tradition you got to get past the way you've always done things come on let's worship God right here let's worship I'm telling you you can interrupt this service whenever you get ready I release you to do whatever you feel like doing Be seated for just a moment. So here's what the Holy Ghost began to deal with me about in prayer concerning this church in this region. Number one, it's not about this building. It's about a region. When Jesus stepped onto the shore of the Gadarenes, when that true spiritual authority showed up, he disrupted the spirits of that region. And here comes that man possessed with devils. And the Bible said that there had been spirits in him long time. You got to understand something about spirits. They never die. They get entrenched into a region. And they stay there until enough spiritual authority shows up to deal with it. 
So when there is a spirit that exposes itself to you, that is a signal to let you know God has given you enough spiritual authority to deal with it. And there is a spirit that has been entrenched in this area for a very long time. And it is a spirit that has been entrenched in this state, in this district, for a very long time. And it is the spirit of traditionalism. And God has exposed that spirit to your pastor. And it is nothing more than the reason that God God has given him the authority to deal with that spirit. And so here's what that spirit says. He says, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he says, don't cast me out of the region. He said, you can send me into the swine, but don't cast me out of the region. You know what that word region there means? It means a country or a district. What he was saying was, is I want you to let me stay where I am, even if it means changing my manifestation. Because what you have to understand about the spirit world is that it's not always about how the devil works. It's about where the devil works. And a spirit will change its manifestation as long as you let it keep its location. And you have made the enemy change its manifestation, but you've not made it change its location. Because when that spirit of tradition gets entrenched, I know I'm making some of you mad right now. I can feel it. I can tell some of you have already shut me off. Whenever you have a spirit of tradition, it will change its look to keep its location. And so what happens is is you deal with it in one avenue, but then it changes its look, and now you've got to deal with it in another avenue. You, you, You deal with it in the fact that you're doing a remodel. And you're breaking that look of tradition. But then it creeps in somewhere else. And somebody gets mad because they don't get to sing their solo. When God's trying to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost on the first or the second row. So now what that spirit has done is it has changed its look. But it has not changed its location. What God is trying to do in this church is get you to the place where traditionalism is nowhere to be found. Where if God wants to move after the first song or after after the preacher gets done preaching or before the offering or you don't ever even get to a song. you got to get traditionalism out so much that God has free course to do whatever he wants to do. Come on, let's lift our hands and let's pray right here. Let's pray right here. Come on. Come on. I'm telling you, I'd nothing, I'd love nothing more than for tonight. When you're expecting just another church service for somebody to just get to praying and the Holy Ghost get on you so strong, we can't even start the music because it's contagious. And what you're doing whenever that kind of move of God happens and you step into that dimension is what you're doing is you are forcing that ancient spirit of traditionalism. You are not forcing it to just change its look. You are forcing it to change its location. And when you deal with that spirit, here's what the Bible said. When Jesus dealt with that man that had those ancient spirits and he delivered him from all of those demons, here's what the Bible said. It said he went into Decapolis and told all of them what happened and what Jesus had done for him. You know what Decapolis means? It means ten cities. When he defeated that ancient spirit that had been entrenched in that region, uh, there was revival in ten other cities. Uh, That's what I'm trying to get you to understand. Uh, It is not about a building, but God wants to give this church regions. Uh, He wants to give you regional authority and regional dominion. Uh, I'm talking about ten other cities uh, that have a revival that will blow your mind, uh, but it's
it's not going to happen until you deal with the spirit that is in this region. It's traditionalism. We got to break it. We got to break it. There it is. It's getting on some of you right now. It's getting on some of you right now. Come on. There's, there, there, there's some of you here, listen to me. There's some of you here, you don't know what to do. Because you've been so conditioned to just sit there until the preacher gives the altar call. You're stuck in the structure and the order of the service. All the while, you're missing the biblical principle that none of that was ever meant to restrict God. It was meant as an avenue to release God. But you're stuck in the traditionalism because you're comfortable and you're complacent. And the Holy Ghost has tried to interrupt this church service two or three times. And there's a select few of you, there's a handful of you that are tired of being where you've always been. And you want to have a true, genuine, apostolic move of the Holy Ghost uh, where you throw out the agenda and you enter into that dimension of miracles, signs, and wonders uh, and apostolic authority and apostolic dominion. And you want God to give you revival in regions, but then there's the rest of you that are just waiting on me to give you another good point and give an altar call so that way you can feel the liberty to get up and pray. I'm telling you, we got to get past that. We got to stop just changing the look of traditionalism and we got to drive it out of its location. I'm not worried about its manifestation. I'm worried about where it abides. Where does it reside? There it is. Let it break right now. I release you to do whatever you want to do. Let's be apostolic. You don't need to worry about a good revelation or another good thought. I'm not here to blow your mind. I'm here to disrupt your complacency. I'm here to bind traditionalism. I'm here to drive it out of the region. You can't stay here, traditionalism. You got to go. There you go, sis. I need some ladies to join her right now. You ought to make your way out of your seat. Let's turn this building into a prayer meeting. I'm inviting every prayer warrior. Let's find some spirits in this house. Let's drive out a devil of traditionalism. Come on. I release you in the name of Jesus. I release you in the name of Jesus. You ought to do something you've never done before. Come on, that's it. Come on, there's warfare breaking in this room right now. I release you to tap into warfare. It doesn't matter if it's Sunday morning. We can fight on Sunday morning. Lift your voice and let's pray. Come on, pray. You got to fight. 
That spirit's not going to go easy. you got to drive it out. And when you deal with that spirit, there's ten cities to have revival. There's a region to have revival. You ought to set your row on fire right now. I wish somebody would get so plugged into warfare that your row catches on fire. You ought to get so deep into warfare, it's contagious to those. You ought to disrupt your neighbor's complacency. Come on. Come on. Drive it out. I want you to grab somebody by the hand right now and I want you to begin to fight right now against whatever spirit the Lord leads you to fight against. Come on, there are some things entrenched in this area. There's some deep-rooted things that have got to be uprooted. And we're going to start right now with the spirit of traditionalism. we got to drive that spirit out. It's not enough to just make it alter its look. we got to deal with its location. Come on, if one can put a thousand to flight, then two can put ten thousand to flight. That's it. We're going to pray until this lifts. We're going to pray until this lifts. We're not in any rush. Follow the Holy Ghost. This is apostolic. There's a flow here. You got to stay in this vein until it lifts.
Where, wherever you are, you can, you can be seated for just a moment. I, there are a few things the Holy Ghost wants me to talk about. We're, we're here. We're going to pray again, but wherever you are, if, guys, if you want to stand, that's up to you, whatever you want to do. But <clears throat> Jesus and his disciples on the day of the Sabbath, Jesus came to disrupt tradition. And on the Sabbath, his disciples are walking by a field and they reach out and grab the grain and they eat it. And the Pharisees saw it. And when the Pharisees had something to say about it, Jesus said, do you not remember when David was hungry and he walked into the holy place and he ate the bread? What Jesus was saying is if you're hungry, tradition won't keep you bound. And there's this ebb and this flow in this church where you, you get momentum and you start and you start to break some things and then you back off and you get put back into your box of traditionalism. And it all boils down to whether or not you're hungry. If you're really hungry... You won't stay bound by traditionalism. Because there's a place of promise that God is trying to take this church. And it's a pattern you see all throughout Scripture. It's a place of promise that God is continually trying to get His people to. And they continually get in this ebb and flow where they're hungry and they want the promise. And then they get complacent. And then they're hungry and they get complacent. And they're hungry and they get complacent. And finally, whenever Moses is trying to lead the nation of Israel into the promise across the, across the Jordan River, they had to cross the Jordan River and fight their enemies and there were two and a half tribes that came to Moses and said we see where we are right now and it's a land that's good for cattle and conveniently your servants have cattle so while the rest of you go on the other side of the river and possess the promise those of us that are comfortable with where we are we're just going to stay right here and here's what Moses said. He said, you can stay where you are, but only if you cross the river and fight with us to help us possess our promise, then you can go back to where you were. So here's the revelation. You're going to have to fight. You have to fight to stay or you have to fight to go. But either way, you're going to have to fight. If you want to stay where you are, you're going to have to fight this man preaching every Sunday to get out of your tradition. If you're going to stay where you are, you're going to have to fight intercessors that are warring against that spirit of traditionalism. If you're going to stay where you are, you're going to have to fight God sent evangelists that come by and put their finger on the pulse of the spirit and tell you that God's trying to give you a region and you can't stay where you are. Either way, you're going to have to fight. You can either fight to stay or you can fight to go. My question is, if you're going to fight, why not fight to have revival? Why not fight to take the region? And so you're going to have to fight. But you better make, I'm telling you, this church is at a crossroads right now. You're going to have to decide. Before this transition from pastor down to Brother Dustin Williams is complete, this church is going to have to decide. Are you going to stay here or are you going to go on the other side of the river and possess the promise God wants you to possess? Because to those two and a half tribes, you hear me, there are repercussions for those two and a half tribes. One of those tribes that stayed on the wrong side of the river because they were comfortable with the convenience of that being a land for cattle, their problem was is they wanted to maintain, not move forward. Where we are is convenient for what we have, so we're going to stay right here. Some of you are totally fine with staying right where you are just to maintain this amount of people in this building. Well, I feel the reality of that just sitting in in this room right now. But there's repercussions for complacency. One of those tribes was the tribe of Gad. 
Moses looked at them and said, the reason that you want to stay where you are is because you have not wholly followed. It was an issue of commitment. And then when Jesus stepped onto the shore, you know where he stepped onto the shore at? The land of the Gadarenes. And there was an unclean spirit there. Because one generation would not commit, the next generation was not clean. Because if you stay on the wrong side of what God is trying to do in this church, you are opening the door for spirits to enter into your life that would have never been there had you wholly committed to what God's wanting to do.
I'm urging you make the right decision in this room right now. Because if you don't, it's going to turn into division. And there's going to be a line drawn between those that want it and those that don't. Would you lift your voice in this house right now and let's pray. Let's go after this thing. Come on. Come on. Come on. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about the kingdom. It's about taking a region, not filling a building. We got to get out of our complacency, out of our comfort zone. Come on. Here's, here's what I feel in the spirit. And I've talked to Pastor Williams about this. But here's what we're going to do moving forward. I have felt for some time now. I've felt for some time now that there is a... Um, I don't know what it's going to look like. I believe I know part of what it currently looks like, but by and large, I don't know what it's going to look like. But I, I have felt for some time now, and I've spoken to other men that feel the same thing, but there is a, a disruption that is coming to the North American church. There is a major disruption that is coming to the North American church. And while I don't know what that's going to look like as a whole, and down the road, I know what it currently looks like. What it currently looks like is God extending mercy and grace by sending men that have picked up on that spirit of complacency and comfort and traditionalism in the North American church, and he is sending them to key locations to disrupt that spirit. That is the disruption that is taking place right now. But if the body does not heed to the men that God is sending to disrupt that spirit, there's going to be another disruption that comes to North America, and we're not going to like what it looks like. Well, I felt a witness in the Holy Ghost right there. Because the problem is, it should have happened. It should have worked in 2020. It should have worked in 2020 because, Brother Williams, everything the North American church was comfortable with was 
turned on its end in a matter of weeks. But what that did is that forced us into apostolic dimensions. Now, I know that there are some locations that didn't get it right, but I'm talking about Brother Williams. We were pushed out of the building. We were having parking lot services where you had to stand six feet away from somebody in their vehicle and ask them to roll their window down and walk them through repentance and without ever touching them. I can't tell you how many people I saw this happen to, standing six feet away from them, talking to them with their window cracked, and I'd walk them through repentance and without ever touching them, I'd say, in the name of Jesus, receive you the gift of the Holy Ghost and in their car the Holy Ghost would hit them and they'd begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance what happened was is our tradition was disrupted and we were forced into a place where God had to do the work And so the Lord gave me some understanding about this. And in Mark chapter 15, Jesus just gave up the ghost and the veil of the temple was torn. And here's what the Bible said. It says that it was the day of preparation that is before the Sabbath. That word preparation there literally means to disrupt or to unsettle. It was preparation. Well, what did preparation look like? It looked like disruption. It looked like an unsettling of tradition because the veil had just been torn and man was about to enter into the Sabbath. What is the Sabbath? It is the rest where the weary find rest. It is that new dimension where God does the work. And what prepared them to enter into that dimension was a disrupting and it was an unsettling. When you study the Sabbath, Jewish sages do not teach that Sabbath means to cease all work altogether. Jewish sages teach that Sabbath means to cease all normal activity. And by virtue of ceasing normal activity, you enter into a place of rest. In other words, your day becomes easier because you stopped the normal. And so God is about to, God is currently disrupting the body of Christ with men that are going into churches and they are calling out and addressing that spirit of complacency. And if the body doesn't heed to those men, there's going to be another disruption. You hear me in the Holy Ghost. There is another disruption that is going to come. I don't know what it's going to look like, but it is going to come if we do not heed to the men that God is sending to address this spirit. And it's going to force us into a place where we have no choice but to cease normal activity. Well, what is normal activity? Coming in and just going through the motions. There are people that are tired because they are depending on themselves to fabricate and manufacture a move of God. But when you get into the flow, when you enter into that rest and you cease all normal activity, I'm not, I don't feel like virtue has left me today. You know why? Because I entered into that rest. I entered into that flow and the Holy Ghost is doing all the work. But God had to disrupt my little North American traditionalism preaching where you just take a text and preach a cute sermon just to get invited back. I ceased normal activity and entered into a place of rest. And that's why some of you are so tired is because you come to church and you got to sing all the songs and you got to play the instrument and you got to clap and you got to wait on the preacher to give a good point and you got to put all the pressure on your pastor to preach something you've never heard before and you're tired and you're weary and you feel like church is a chore because you're bound by that traditionalism. But if you will break the box of all of that, you will enter into a place of rest where you're just flowing in the Holy Ghost and God does the work and it's God that fills with the Holy Ghost. It's God that puts the marriages back together. It's God that fills up this building and then gives you a region. Are you hearing what I'm saying right now? So I've already, I've already talked to your past. And I know this is unorthodox, but that's what I'm talking about, breaking that traditionalism just to flow in the Holy Ghost. I've already talked to your pastor about this, and here's what we're going to do tonight. There's not going to be any music in a traditional sense. He feels a witness to this. We're in the Holy Ghost. 
There's not going to be any music in a traditional sense. You know what we're going to do? We're going to come. We're going to start at five. We're going to pray. And if you feel a release in the Holy Ghost to sing one song or sing five songs, you have liberty to do that. But we're going to come and we're going to pray and we're going to find the mind of God and we're going to find the vein. And if he only feels to sing one song and then he feels to say something and then I feel to say something, that's what we're going to do. We're going to flow in the Holy Ghost tonight. We're going to cease normal activity. And watch what I'm telling you. If you will come with an open and a hungry spirit to flow in the Holy Ghost, you're going to enter into that rest. And there's going to be a vein of the spirit that God opens up. And we're just going to follow the Holy Ghost. And he's going to do all the work. He'll give you the song to sing, brother. He'll give you the song to sing. And you'll sing and there will be a release and I'll get up and I'll say whatever God tells me to say. And we'll pray. We'll see miracles. We'll see God fill, God, God fill people with the Holy Ghost. We'll see all of that. But we got to cease normal activity and go where God wants us to go. Are you ready? One more time, let's lift our hands all over the house. What I've preached to you here today is for long term. It's, it's not for right here, right now. It's for long term. This is something that's meant to be perpetuated. I wonder if you just lift your voice and open your spirit one more time. I'm, I'm done. The Holy Ghost is finished with me. Let's lift our hands all over the house and let's pray one more time. Come on.